Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today I'm here with Greg and Leah to talk about trail terrorism. Dun, dun, dun. And other people might know this as booby traps on the trail or eco-terrorism, um, but whatever you call it, we're talking about traps that are intentionally set on mountain bike trails, generally to get mountain bikers, to injure them or to upset them, give them flat tires. So I want to start off by talking about some recent and well-known incidents of trail terrorism that have been happening. What can you tell us about some of the things that have been happening, Greg? One of the probably best known incidents is like a long time, um, over and over again, recurrence of trail booby traps uh, on trails around Vancouver, British Columbia. And this is probably one of the most well-known incidents because the woman was uh, caught by a trail cam um, and prosecuted by the law for these uh, booby traps she was constructing. Essentially, she was constructing like punji pits with like spike sticks, like below jumps and crazy stuff like that. And it was like a a 60-something-year-old woman out there doing this. And that's probably one of the best documented cases because the person was eventually – you know, there's many occurrences and then eventually caught and prosecuted for it. And uh, I think the final lawsuit, you know, just wrapped up late last year. So um, still sort of fresh in memory. But this year, it seems like there's been just a rash of these cases all across the nation and even around the world. We had a, a well-documented one at Buffalo Creek um, in May, which is a really popular trail system here in Colorado. This one's pretty hard to to uh, argue against because it's like metal spikes um, embedded in concrete blocks that were buried in the trail. So that's pretty crazy. We found a, well, I say we collectively, there was a spike strip found in Marin County near one of the only bike legal trails. There's fishing lines starting across the trail in Ireland, wire across the trail in Massachusetts, um, debris placed in the trail at Hartman's Rock just last week. And there was also... There's some debate on this one. So there was a wire found across a trail at 18 Road, which is one of the other most popular trail systems in Colorado. But recent reports say it's possible this was an electric fence meant to divert cattle. But so there's debate on this one. So we can definitely focus on some of the more well-confirmed cases. But it just seems like there's been a lot of it going on lately. And as I write like story after story, it's like... What is a what is the connection here, you know, especially yeah. across so many locations? Well, and, you know, the older one that you mentioned, uh, the woman in B.C. that was caught and convicted, that one was, was also, I mean, fairly recent. It was in the last couple of years. But this has been going on for a very long time, actually. Um, we haven't – maybe we haven't heard about it as much or didn't hear about it as much in the past before the Internet and Twitter and all that was around, but – um, one of the other ones was a guy named Mike Vanderman, who, if if you're on mountain bike websites, you've probably seen comments from this guy, or at least you used to see comments from this guy. Uh, but he was in the Bay Area, and he was also convicted of vandalism and of assaulting mountain bikers. Um, so there are definitely crazy people out there that want to hurt mountain bikers. And this has been going on ever since mountain bikers have, you know, shared trails with hikers. Uh, but we'll get we'll get to that a little bit later. I, I also want to ask, Greg, do you think, I mean, you kind of hinted at this, but do you think this is becoming more common or are we just hearing about it more? That's hard to say. 
you know, maybe it's just I have my ear to the ground more and I'm hearing more reports of this or stuff is spreading more easily via social media. Like a lot of these stories are breaking via somebody's personal social media account. It goes viral. Somebody like Single Tracks or another mountain bike publication picks it up and it turns into international news, you know. And whereas you couldn't get that before, um, you I think what you're saying about how it's been like a long time thing is really interesting. And the Buffalo Creek article specifically that I wrote, I had some uh, front range motorcycle riders comment and say that they had uh, they dealt with booby traps against motorcycles as far back as like the 70s. So. You know, it's been going on for a long time, but it's possible the news is just yeah. traveling better now. Yeah, and speaking of other groups, like motorized groups specifically, I, I found a video on YouTube of uh, a booby trap for ATVs. Like, this was a huge pit, yeah, that was dug what? out, like, in a dirt road, covered up with, you know, branches and debris and stuff. And, yeah, it was a pit big enough to fit an ATV, so, yeah, no matter what you're doing, somebody's somebody is potentially out there trying to terrorize you so i wanted to ask you guys have you ever experienced any trail terrorism yourself anything that's made you nervous or feel like someone's intentionally trying to make you get you hurt on the trail well i personally haven't but you know with the influx of all of these stories coming up i i kind of wanted to like see for myself what these booby traps actually look like so you're describing kind of a pit that's um camouflage and the spikes i mean you've seen pictures of people holding the spikes up and i mean that stuff just looks scary um i saw a video about you know one of the other instances last week just last week i think in in new jersey there was you know the spikes on the ground kind of covered up with the leaves and the dirt you know really well camouflaged and i think it would be really hard to to actually identify one unless you were like going slow and looking you know exactly right down right onto the trail i mean these things are i mean i i I don't want to be around the day and i do have to see one yeah thankfully i've never had to encounter one i think one of the themes we're seeing are these booby traps being constructed on extremely popular high use trails and frankly i don't ride those all that often so i think we're you know if you're riding a trail out in the middle of nowhere the likelihood of you encountering one of these probably not very good even on a well-known trail you know if there's a lot of people probably the dude in front of you is going to encounter it before you right so yeah i I will say i haven't haven't come across any traps or anything but i have been riding and had somebody shoot paintballs at me um and that was in palmer park uh in colorado springs and these guys were they were hidden like i couldn't tell where the, the paintballs were coming from or you know i wasn't able to see them at all but they were definitely waiting for people to come by and trying to pop them with paintballs so um yeah that's that stuff's always out there so has anybody gotten seriously hurt or had their bike damaged from any of these recent incidents well the one in buffalo creek was very successful at popping tires and that's how the the trap was essentially found was a bunch of people flatted in the same spot and they're like what's going on they walked back up the trail and found these spikes buried in the trail so some of these are more successful than others. There have been reports of lots of people thrown from the bike, especially the fishing line ones. Most of these are discovered by people you know, essentially hitting them. And thankfully, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I haven't heard any reports of 
any major injuries. Like, for instance, with the fishing line ones, a lot of them, like, the person might have caught it on their chest or on their bars, whereas if they had caught it on the neck, it would have been really bad, but end up being just, you know, hurting a lot, but not being, like, deadly. So, thankfully, no serious deaths or major injuries as far as I'm aware. But that doesn't pre you know, eliminate the fact that it could very well happen. You know, it doesn't take much for a mountain bike crash to turn deadly. It's just like falling the wrong way, hitting a tree the wrong way. That's all it takes. Yeah. Scary stuff. So what what could cause someone or motivate someone to put a trap like this on a mountain bike trail that could potentially really hurt somebody? Man, I was struggling with this question, so I wrote a little column on it on single tracks, but the only thing I could come up with is like just an extreme amount of hate against bicycles, essentially. And I mean, that's all I got. And I don't really understand like the level of hate it takes to want to physically injure or kill another person just because they're riding a bike. Like, I don't think most rational, like well-balanced, psychologically stable human beings can understand that. But there are, apparently there are plenty of people out there that have just harbor that kind of hate in their souls that they're like, I want to hurt people, you know? But I wonder a little bit, though, if people don't realize how dangerous some of the stuff they're constructing is. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe they're like, oh, I'm going to stop people from using this trail. But maybe, I mean, I'm giving them probably too much benefit of the doubt. But maybe, like, they construct this thing, put it in the trail. They don't realize that, hey, this is, like, super dangerous. For instance, the metal spikes in Buffalo Creek, like, those popped a bunch of bike tires on a bike trail. But they were a huge spike sticking out of the ground. I mean, that would be way more dangerous to like a trail runner who's like falling hard on their feet as they're running down the trail. I mean, that spike would go straight through the bottom of your shoe and straight through your foot. You imagine a horse hitting that. I mean, the horse would freak out, throw the rider. The rider could easily die. So some of these things, like they're super dangerous to any trail user that would encounter them, you know, which seems like it's pretty counter-effective for just deterring one type of use. Well, yeah. Is that what they're doing? Like, we don't know, right? We're making a lot of assumptions here that that they are targeting mountain bikers. But like you said, that's equally effective, if not more so, against other groups. Are we kind of, you know, maybe putting putting too much stock into, yeah, what we think is going on versus, yeah, what's really going on? That's possible. I mean, and the problem with a lot of these things is, you know, we talked about the two major cases where people were busted and prosecuted successfully. But in a lot of these things, you know, you hear about it once on one trail and then you don't hear about it again. And, you know, the person's never caught. So there's a lot of supposition here, which I think is why it makes for an interesting <laughs> podcast, maybe. But I think the one in Buffalo Creek, for instance, was people considered it to be anti-bikes because it was put in a brand new trail out there. Little Scraggy is one of the newest developments and it's designed to be a, a bike optimized flowy style XC trail built by the bike organization, by bike trail builders, primarily for bikes, you know, so that's sort of the, the take on that one. Well, it also is really hard to ignore kind of the long history of the animosity, animosity between hikers and mountain bikers trying to get along on the trail and um you know maybe we've come a little bit farther uh with getting along there but but even you know recently like 
today, yesterday, I, I still see things kind of popping up on Facebook about various hiking associations or various people that still, you know, kind of are hikers that want to keep bikers off of the trail for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's some of the images that are portrayed about hikers being kind of aggressive on the trail, but I, I still feel like there's there's a group of people that, that might be their only impression of the mountain bike community, unfortunately, and, and I hope that that isn't what is motivating some people um, to put these booby traps out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like you, Greg. I have a hard time imagining how someone could be so hateful and, and have such disregard for people's safety. I mean, the only thing that I can think is that maybe it's stupid kids who, you know, their brains aren't developed enough yet for them to know <laughs> that, like, this is serious business. It's not like funny, you know, push your buddies in the bushes and laugh, you know, because the biker fell off his bike. Like, you know, it's it has serious consequences, but, you know, I almost wonder if some of the people who are doing it just don't have the capacity for understanding that. Um, and then I also wonder if, if some of it in this day of, you know, social media and, and all the coverage that these incidents are getting is, is it copycat crime? You know, is it, are people seeing this and saying, Oh, Hey, I could do that. And I could totally get away with it. Um, and, and Oh, by the way, most people do get away with it. You know, we've only mentioned a couple cases where people were actually caught. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about later in the podcast about some ideas or ways that, you know, maybe we can prevent this from happening or, or at least catch, people who do it. But, um, I think it's, I mean, it's an easy crime. It's a crime of opportunity. I mean, you can, one of the incidents, Greg, that you mentioned, or that you wrote about recently was some debris placed on a trail in Colorado, basically like a landing zone where people are jumping and, you know, unable to see what's, what's kind of below them on the trail. People were just placing sticks and logs, you know, I mean, that stuff's everywhere out on the trail. And it's, so it's so easy to just do that anonymously and, you know, there's very little chance that you're going to get caught. So we talked about what might motivate someone to set a trap on a trail. Who are these eco-terrorists? Who might they be? Well, we like to call them the Hateful Old Hikers Association or HOHA. But, and this is going off of like the people who have been caught and who have been convicted of doing this. And they are, you know, older people, you know, in their fifties, sixties who are hikers. They have a hatred for bikes. That's well known, especially with uh, this Vanderband dude. And, you know, they're doing everything they can to fight bicycles to the point of physical violence, essentially. And again, this is going off of, you know, sort of the profile of people that have been caught. So it's totally possible. There are other types of people out there doing this, but those are the ones we know for sure. Yeah, one of the things that I was thinking about in preparing for this discussion was the fact that there probably are hikers out there who have been injured by mountain bikers. It's pretty easy to imagine a mountain biker coming around a corner and crashing into a hiker, you know, hurting at a dog or something else like that. And so a lot of these hikers, they are fearful, you know, and they, and they feel wronged in some cases. But I think the big difference in what these trail terrorists are doing is that it's intentional versus, you know, perhaps some of the injuries that a mountain biker might incur on a hiker. Um, but it is interesting to think about if, if I were a hiker and I had been hit 
for example, by a mountain biker that was going too fast or going out of control, I, I'd probably be pissed too. But again, that doesn't that doesn't excuse you know setting traps to intentionally hurt people. But and it seems like you're making this leap from being like, oh, I'm angry at this one person who hit me to I'm angry at all mountain bikers everywhere in all places. You know, like it's this um right, and it's always an accident too. Hopefully, that mountain bikers aren't intentionally doing things that are unsafe. But, but the other thing is we can't, we can't say as a group either that we're all innocent. You know, I mean, there's good mountain bikers and there's bad mountain bikers. And yeah, like you said, we can't, can't generalize either way and say that, well, we're all, we're all cool. We're all chill people or also we're not all bad people. So, so what can be done to stop these trail terrorists? How can we catch them or maybe even prevent them from trying to do this in the first place? I think the biggest thing we can do is just let them know we're not going to take it lying down. Like, and I think that's something we've been doing a good job of recently, but is pursuing like all possible forms of legal retribution, including contacting the authorities, reporting these things to the authorities, attempts to catch the perpetrators, which worked in BC, raising awareness in the local rider population so people can you know, use the trails in a safe manner and be heads up about possible danger out there. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, most of what can be done. I think possibly the best thing we can do is say, you know, you're not going to get away with this. Like, we're not just going to remove the trap and be done with it. Like, we're going to pursue this to the end of wherever it's going to take us. You know, we're going to try to figure out who did it. We're going to raise awareness in, like, the biking population and in population at large with hopefully mainstream media. You know, I think that's probably our best form of and we're gonna keep going back to the trails right i mean it seems like um these booby traps are out there to deter people from coming and um you know just like greg said we're not gonna stop mountain biking we're not gonna just say give up and be like oh well i don't want to go there i might pop a tire i might get a flat so we're gonna keep on mountain biking we're gonna be aware um there's always you know the inherent risks of riding on the trail or even walking on the trail. So I say, you know, we got to keep going out there. And uh, if we do find this stuff, we do have to bring it to the attention of authorities and, and even, you know, the power of the Internet. Yeah, for sure. And the game camera idea, I mean, like Greg said, it's been effective in at least one situation. Um, I think it, it is really challenging because you never know. I mean, most trails are many, many miles long and to cover the whole thing with game cameras uh, would be really tough. So you're kind of hoping you get lucky and catch somebody with one of those. But one of the ideas I had was to, you know, put signs up that say parts of this trail are under video surveillance and leave it at that. And just to let people know, like, there might be a camera out there, there might not. So add traps at your own risk. Another thing that I wanted to mention from the, the story about the woman in BC who was caught, another part of that that didn't get a lot of coverage, at least in the mountain bike press, uh, is the, the response from some of the mountain bikers in the community was actually not, not good. So I guess what I want to say is don't try to take matters into your own hands. Leah and Greg both said contact authorities, but in the, the BC case, a group of guys that were somehow affiliated with Pink Bike and Trail Forks formed this group called the Watchmen, and their goal was basically they they were they 
saw themselves as sort of like neighborhood watch for the trails. And their idea was to go out and, you know, if they saw anything, they were going to report it. And, but they had these like black t-shirts made up that said watchmen. And they made a lot of people really uncomfortable, actually. I think mostly people on the other side, the hikers were uncomfortable seeing these guys going out, you know, dressed in somewhat militaristic looking <laughs> t-shirts and stuff. And, you know, with this idea, I mean, even the name, the Watchmen, is not very inclusive. It's very like male testosterone driven, like kind of group. So my suggestion would be not to take up arms on your own or, or even, you know. Yeah, that's just doing more harm than good right. at, at that point. Exactly. And they were, they quickly stood down after there was a lot of complaints, uh, about, about their activities. So yeah, definitely go through the established channels, you know, law enforcement and also established trail clubs that have like working relationships, you know, ad- advocacy groups and that sort of thing. I would also like encourage people, like if you see a trap, like don't just report it to your local trail club. Like they'll probably forward that information on, but report it to the land manager too, because your local trail club isn't a, a form of law enforcement for the trails. You know, they, they might build or maintain the trails, but they have no like legal recourse in this. So definitely contact the land yeah. manager. And Greg, I think maybe you've written about this before too, but generally I, I would suggest people take a photo of the trap in place first uh, to sort of document it, how it was, because it is evidence, you know, I mean, there are police are investigating the incident in New Jersey. We saw a a news clip from that where they were talking to local law enforcement and and they're treating it as a crime as they should. Um, So you definitely want to get the trap out of there so it doesn't hurt anybody coming after you. But at the same time, do your best to sort of preserve any evidence that may be there um, when you first find it. So finally, I want to ask, and Leah, you kind of alluded to this, but I want to ask, should regular riders be afraid to ride or should they be aware? Or what, what can they do to protect themselves from trail booby traps? You know, I think that the tough part is if it's a really well-built trap, it's going to get you whether you're looking for it or not. You know, um, I guess the best thing you can do is try to ride heads up and like be aware that there could be unmarked obstacles. I mean, you should always be aware that there could be like unmarked obstacles, like a down tree or a rock that's fallen in the trail, something of that nature. But potentially the issue with a lot of these items that we've discussed is that they're, they're intentionally camouflaged. So people have a hard time identifying them. So in that situation, you know, it's tough to say what you can do to fight it if it's truly well camouflaged, you know? And yeah, like Leah said, we can't let the trail terrorists win. We got to keep going out there and, and riding the trails and letting people know that we're not going to be intimidated or, you know, that's not the way to get mountain bikers banned from a trail or to stop using a trail. You know, if hikers really want us to stop using trails then they should, you know, petition the land manager or do something, but we're not going to let them just scare us off. I think. Yeah. Essentially I would be like letting <laughs> the terrorists win. You know, I, I think every time like there's a terrorist, like attack in some place, like, you know, there's a bombing in an airport or something. People don't want to fly and they don't want to travel and they don't want to go about their daily lives. And it's like whenever people don't want to go about their daily lives because of, you know, violence committed by another group, like essentially that group is one, you know, that group has achieved the goal they set out to achieve. And 
you know, for instance, I'm flying to Europe and there've been a bunch of bombings in airports in Europe. And I'm just like, ah, that's sketchy. But on the same time, if, if I let that like dictate my actions, then that's letting the terrorists win, you know? Well, cool. This has been, this has been an interesting discussion about trail terrorism. If you want to read more about some of the specific incidents that we talked about, you can go on singletracks.com. That's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.